Good evening, ladies and marks. You are tuned in to the Standards of Greatness podcast. And now the host of the show, the wrestling god, Evan Jones, and the alpha angel, Brian Mead. Good evening and welcome to the Standards of Greatness podcast. I am your host, Evan Jones, a.k.a. the wrestling god. And as always, I am the alpha angel, Brian Mead. Evan, why do I have to deal with this Mr. Kennedy-style microphone this week? Bullshit, dude. Uh, that, that's what you get for trying to lock me out last week. Mr. Kennedy! Kennedy. I, I miss Mr. Kennedy. I'm just saying. Okay. Yeah, I miss everything about him except for the whole frauding his wrestling school. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> Alrighty, well, we're going to jump right into wrestling news. Um, apologize in advance. Call wrestling news Cody Watch 2022, <laughs> brother. All, I, I don't think anybody in the wrestling world is more interested than what is going on with Cody Rhodes. So, good job, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> yeah, uh, first and foremost, going to apologize in advance. Uh, I'm dealing with a little bit of a, a head cold right now and a sore throat. So if I sound a little different, that's why. Uh, but yeah, Cody Rhodes is the talk of all of wrestling. Uh, more has come to light on Cody Rhodes' departure for AEW. Apparently he was unhappy with not being involved in the booking creative process as he felt the beyond wrestling that was part of his father's legacy that he wanted to live up to. Uh, Rhodes was spotted in Florida near the Performance Center where it is believed he is shooting vignettes for his return. It is rumored that it, if he does, Vince has a big plan for him and wants to push him to the moon as he sees this as a huge get from AEW. I mean, it would be a huge get from AEW, but and, and, and I agree. You know, I, I think that Cody Rhodes leaving AEW does have a lot to do with Tony Khan taking the creative process away from him, Omega, and the Bucks. You know, that uh, EVP... Uh, role that they were all given when the when the company started is really just a bullshit title at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, def- and, definitely agree with that. But where I draw a question is: Is Cody really going to get to do any booking or writing over in New York? <clears throat> yeah, most likely not, unless they hand him the key- keys to NXT 2.0. That'd be interesting. That would be interesting, but I think he'd just go and be like, yo, Tritz, let's, <laughs> let's get this thing back on track. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in other AEW news, Shane Swerve Strickland was announced as the newest signee for AEW. Fans are reacting with joy as this is a huge get for AEW. No word from Swerve's camp as of yet, but uh, this is definitely a huge, huge deal. Uh, he was one of the, the last releases that came up with their 90 days recently, so... I am happy that Swerve has found employment outside of AEW. It's really entertaining to watch. But I really hate this name. Okay? I just have... Like, every time that I hear Strickland, all I can think of is Strickland propane and propane accessories. I'll tell you what. Oh! 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 Damn it, Bobby! We're going to have to get our voice guide to do us another hand. Yeah, I, I can't quite do it this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, but seriously, man, like, 
sometimes I, I look at the names these guys are given when they go from one company to another, and I'm just like, what are these promoters <clears throat> thinking? This is a terrible name to me. I mean, I think this is one he chose himself, so I think it's his real name with the nickname. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not super huge on the name, because like, when I hear Swerve, I think of, oh, you're swerving me. You're, you're making me, like, spin on a dime. And it, it leaves a little to the expectations when it comes to, the, you know, thinking things through in terms of theory about wrestling. But, I mean, I'm excited for him. Uh, definitely think the sky is the moon. He's hella talented, so. Only thing that's going to get in his way is all the other talent that's been hired by AEW over the past few months. And... I, I, definitely th- I definitely think AEW's got a, a, a problem when it comes to how much talent they have right now. I don't want to say it's bloated, but I think they could be doing more. Yeah. Uh, WWE, I agree with that. WWE leaked a working card for WrestleMania 38, and boy is it a shit uh-huh. show. It is a shit oh show. Oh my god. So, so bad. The reason I say shit show, and I, I think you can agree with me, Brian, is it's literally the most predictable WrestleMania card of all time. All of these okay. matches were matches we predicted months ago. Yep. Months. Um, and on air, you go back and check our, our previous podcast. <coughs> Here's the thing. Um, and, and we're going to talk a little bit a little bit later in the show about uh, Elimination Chamber. Blood Money Chamber. But honestly, like, that's where it, 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 this really like hit me the hardest was watching, or, you know, watching what I could of Elimination Chamber. And just every one of these is like a punch to the gut. Like, yes, we, we called it. And you know what? I wish... God that I was wrong. That like I, I can't say any more than that. This card is atrocious. Why do I want to watch Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for the sixth three? I, I don't. I, I really don't. <clears throat> well, I mean, there were people back in the day with when it came to Rock and Austin that didn't want to see them go at Mania for a third time. I mean, Lesnar's I'll an attraction. Honest. Rock, Rock Austin three to me. It, it like, yeah, they're both great performers. But if you compare it to their their build and match at uh, X seven, oh. like there's no comparison. No, yeah. Well, Latin, there's no awkward heel turn. That's true. <laughs> um, but I think that I felt like Roman and Brock told the story they needed to tell last time. Yeah. I do like that it's a different dynamic in terms of who's babyface and who's heel. That is more intriguing. Babyface Brock Lesnar is the most over babyface in WWE. I, I hate saying it, but it's true. And that speaks to the fundamental issue we talked about last week where they're having trouble getting new stars over. Well, how many stars are you going to get over when you have Brock Lesnar squash an entire field in an elimination chamber match? Yep. For smashing his way out of the pot. That that I was I was gonna save that until we talked about the blood money chamber, but yeah, that was not a good look in terms of your mid card. Can't really blame it. You, you, you can't blame Seth Rollins 
or, or Kevin Owens or Austin Theory or Damian Priest or anybody else for this. Nope, it's terrible booking by Vince 101. Uh, speaking of the Blood Money Chamber, I don't know if you saw um, the match between Drew McIntyre and Madcap Moss. Uh, I did. Madcap took one of the scariest bumps I've ever seen. Like, folded his neck. He's lucky he yeah, didn't um, die. So that was one of those, that was one of the, you know, what it reminded me of was um, AJ Styles. Um, a lot of times when you go for his finish, basically it, it all comes down to uh, head placement. So a lot of times when you're taking a back bump, you know, when you're taking a back bump, you're tuck, tuck your, your chin. But those moves you can't. that is a go-to move. You, you just automatically go to that a lot of times when you're taking a bump. The problem is with the bump that Moss was taking, you actually need to go the other way with it. You <clears throat> throw your head backwards. And, um, yeah, very scary. I was amazed to see how quickly he was back up and uh Props to him for finishing the match, too. Yeah, uh, he actually went backstage and apologized to Vince McMahon, personally. Yeah, um, yeah what, what the hell is that? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Vince, Vince, <laughs> I'm sorry that I almost got killed out there. That is totally my fault for almost dying. Like, come on, man. I mean... I think it speaks to his respect for the process and the company and for Vince. I, I think that it it's a locker room thing, I think, with, with certain uh, schools of thought where that they believe that they need to, like, make amends to, like, right the wrongs. Well, I mean, Drew McIntyre <clears throat> was right there to make sure that Moss was okay. The referee was right there to make sure Moss was okay. Corbin was right there to make sure Moss was okay. Like, they, he was... At least we can, like, the people that were out there, I felt like they did the right thing in making sure that Moss was was all right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And put his, <clears throat> his well-being before the match. So that I was very pleased with. But I think it's bullshit that he, uh, I guess the way I feel was like he was made to apologize to Vincent. And maybe that wasn't the case. But that's yeah. just kind of how I heard the story. Yeah, it was so. it was a little bit of a weird story, and it wasn't really fully explained. Um, EC3 and Adam Shear started a new promotion called Control Your Narrative. Um, it's got several stars like Matt Cardona, Austin Aries, Killer Cross, uh, and a bunch of other superstars. Um, so the fan reaction to this has been kind of mixed. I personally, I like it. I, lo- I love the Control Your Narrative stories that Matt Cardona and Adam Shear told with EC3. Um, you can keep Austin Aries as far away from professional wrestling, and I am fine with it. Like, <laughs> the dude is talented as fuck in the ring, but he's a diva. He, he's oh yeah, he's a douche. He, he's a total douche, but he's all but you're not just in the ring. Like, um, excellent on the mic. <laughs> yeah, great. Like, he can work a crowd really, really well. Like, when it comes to Professional wrestling, Austin Aries is fantastic. He's just a douchebag. Well, the thing that really soured me on him, besides his public persona being that of a crackpot douchebag, uh, the way he went out in Impact in particular, he was the world heavyweight champion, and 
he dropped the belt to John Morrison or Johnny Impact at that time. And instead of doing the right thing and selling the finish, match finished, he rolls out of the ring, gets up, walks out, like nothing happened. Walks out. Yeah. Yeah. I lost all Uh, respect for him when he did that. And I probably will never get it back. So I have a a slightly different take on this. And um, I'll I'll just preface this by saying that was wrong. I I don't think, like, that was a shit thing to do. And like I said, I've said a couple times, he's a douchebag. I also think, though, that I think something snapped in Austin Aries uh, during his WWE run. I'm sorry. He got... He, he got, got jobbed he, out and fucked over with sh- the whole Pac story. He, he, he needed a win, and he, he wouldn't give it to him. He should have won that Cruiserweight title at Mania. Yes. And it is... I don't blame him for being mad, but, like, two wrongs don't make a right. And you're right. And But I, I think that that's where a lot of that comes from. I think he has harbored a lot of resentment towards... Wrestling and towards wrestling fans ever since. Yeah, and it's I mean, that kind of thing that we're seeing out of Ronda Rousey too, where she just can't let shit go. Yeah, well, I mean, same thing we told Ronda: get over it or leave wrestling. Like, you can't be bitter in wrestling and like expect to enjoy it and expect to have a pleasure and pleasurable experience. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's not a good look. Period. Um. In better news... Go ahead, go ahead. uh, In some slightly better news, uh, AJ Styles signs a new three-year deal with WWE for $3 million a year. Wow, that's where all that uh, release talent money went. And he gets a bus. Man. You know... That's a phenomenal deal. It is. I mean, hell. But I'm a child. (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's a solid deal for AJ to stay with the WWE. He said that's where he wants to end his career. Um, that said, I wouldn't be surprised if this is his last contract with them. He said that the last time, though, so... Uh, well, I mean, yeah, it's really easy for you to go, okay, you know, I'm going to retire. I'm going to go and spend some time in my... Wait, I'm sorry, how many million a year? And a bus. Yeah, it's like honey. You know, they're telling they're telling me I'm gonna make three million a year and I get a buzz. Of yeah. course you can come up. You bus. go from wrestling for hot dogs <laughs> and handshakes to three million a year. That's the hell of a ride. Yeah, and you know, part of you know part of it is he wants to spend time with his family and you know have a nice retirement. Uh, after getting nine million in the next three years, that's gonna be a real nice retirement. He can buy a lot of retro video games with that. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Dax Harwood opened up uh, recently in an interview about his body image issues, uh, his issues with Shawn Michaels and bullying within the WWE. So this was a. This, I, I, I'm just gonna jump ahead of you, man. Yeah. This was a hard one to hear. It, like it, it hurt. It hurt me in multiple ways just to hear this kind of shit. Because I, I mean, I know that it happens, but. Fuck all with, with... Yeah, like... Go ahead. 
So, the body dysmorphia thing, that, that became a recent Twitter topic with wrestling fans showing up with signs in AEW shaming Adam Cole for having a dad bod and other wrestlers, and it's common in all over wrestling, and like, I get it. Wrestling fans and marks think they're fucking cute and trying to get inside wrestlers' heads. You're not actually, like, doing anything beneficial. You're just popping yourself. Grow the fuck up. Do fucking better. These wrestlers go out there and they put their lives and their body on the line for your entertainment. Grow the fuck up. Do fucking better. As far as the uh, Shawn Michaels half of it, if you haven't heard the story, um, basically at the Raw uh, 20th, 25th anniversary show, um, Dax was talking to Shawn backstage, thanking him for uh, you know his uh, influence in NXT. And, you know, opened up to him about issues with his relationship and, you know, uh, with his wife and his body shaming issue, all this. And Sean was really, you know, cool and, and you, know, you know, really felt his pain until about 15 minutes later when they got in front of the rest of the clique. And Sean decided to bring it up and, and to tease him about it, which, fuck you, HBK. Yeah, like, flat out, like... I I don't even I'm ashamed to be a fan of his at this point with all the shit that just keeps coming out about him. Um this isn't the first incident that's come out about it, but this is the first publicly on the record like not just an anonymous source kind of thing and you know, the only person who seemed to to back up Jax Harwood and thank him for like putting them over that night was was X-Pac Sean Waltman and he thanked mm-hmm. He thanked Sean for Sean Walton for doing that, and <clears throat> that speaks volumes in terms of like someone goes out there, they put you over, that you know they, they did the job to to get you over for you're not even an active wrestler at this point, but like you're there to pop ratings, but like grow the fuck up, HBK. Uh, Bobby Lashley, let's talk Bobby Lashley. So, apparently, Bobby's been working with a shoulder injury, a separated shoulder, since the Royal Rumble with his match with Brock Lesnar. Kind of explains those uh, suplexes landing awkwardly. Um, He's going to be out for four months uh, recovering from shoulder surgery. Uh, Interesting, considering he's supposed to face Lesnar at the Madison Square Garden show uh, for the WWE Championship. Um, I wonder how they'll play that out. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how they play that out. And honestly, I would love to see uh, somebody, uh, a surprise, come in and take out, tip the title off of Lesnar to get to shake up Mania. That'd be amazing. Well, that or they do the reverse and they have Roman come out and take the title there and then have Brock win them both back at Mania. Oh, God, don't do this. Stop giving them ideas, Evan. You know they listen to the show because they have no creative ideas of their own, and now you're just giving them bad booking ideas again. I want a good WrestleMania. Hey, it's not my fault they're so predictable. I can predict them with terrible ideas. Um, The one thing I'm going to say about this is I actually, and this is going to sound weird, I actually think this is going to prove to Bobby Lashley's benefit. You know, uh, a four-month a four month hiatus um, is just the right amount of time to get people to really miss you. Yep. Well, they don't forget about you, but, like, 
people are like, oh man, remember when Bobby Lashley was champ? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I think I think Bobby Lashley has real good things in his future when he makes his return, and uh, here's to a speedy recovery, Bobby. We yep. uh, get well soon. Uh, and then the final bit of wrestling news. So Impact had a pay-per-view this last Saturday. Um, Jay White kicked the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatanga and Tamaloa out of Bullet Club, helping the Good Brothers retain the tag titles. Um, apparently Bullet Club is going international with AEW and New Japan. So it'll be interesting to see how this affects the elite in AEW. Uh, we're seeing seeds planted there. Um... You know, Kenny Omega has been out with an injury. He he recently did an interview where he he said his injury is going to take a little longer to get, recover from just because he it's taken a while to get appointment times. But it'll be interesting to see what happens when Kenny comes back. Well, this is all uh, kind of interesting, and I, I I personally don't know how I feel about it right now, just because I kind of am over the Bullet Club a little bit. They ha- um. I'm ready to move on towards the next thing. At the same time, they keep reinventing themselves. Yeah. They get themselves over so, with the crowd again. Yeah. It, yeah, so it's it's not it's not easy to just put it down. Yeah, no, I definitely definitely agree with you there. It's definitely a little played out, but as long as they, they move parts and reinvent themselves, it'll still be somewhat interesting. Um before we jump into results, I figure we could uh, talk about a podcast news, uh, Brian. We do have a little bit of podcast news, just a little. <clears throat> just a little bit. We don't. We, we're not going to give everything away, but. Uh... <laughs> so basically, um, the news we have for you guys is over the next couple of months, you're going to start to see some dramatic changes here with the podcast and not just here but in other places too we're looking forward to new ways to become a little bit more interactive with you guys kind of show a little bit more of what, of what we have to offer and I, I i'm personally really excited about it yeah everything that we, <clears throat> I, i'm definitely excited you know i love wrestling i love e-fetting but we have a lot more to offer than just just that and i think I think our audience will appreciate a little variety in the topics, too. That way there's, you know, what we're covering and what we're doing. I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, stay tuned. Oh, it's 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 going to get good. It's going to get real real good, real interesting in the next couple of, couple of months. So I'm pumped, man. <clears throat> Alrighty, jumping in with Friday Night Smackdown. Uh, so this show, slightly better than the week before, but not much. Uh, so, pros. They opened with a contract signing for the Ronda Rousey, Naomi versus Charlotte and Sonya Deville match. Um, I'm fine with them doing a contract signing for a random tag match, I guess. Uh, it had a stipulation for Rousey to have one arm tied behind her back, <coughs> which was a little confusing, but, you know, it's her first match back after the Rumble, like, I think they could have waited a month on that. I just have such a hard time caring, I guess, about anything involving Ronda Rousey because I don't feel like Ronda Rousey cares about the shit going on with Ronda Rousey. So oh, that, it falls off to me. That, that I can understand that. 
Uh, we also saw Sami Zayn defeat Shinsuke Nakamura on live TV this time. So it was a good match. Uh, my problem is, is, didn't Sammy win it at a house show like a week ago? Yes, he did. He absolutely did. So then they, they give the belt back to Nakamura and have him redo it on live TV. This is an example of the WWE treating their audience like they're stupid. Well, this kind of stuff happened all the time back in the day. You know, years ago, uh, they would do the, the thing where they would go to... Uh, I mean, I've heard stories about the you know a wrestler winning the title six or seven times in various towns before they finally won it on television, and that's when everybody actually found out about it. Thing is, that's back in like the 80s, 80s, early 90s, before the internet and before like live interaction. We know everything that happens so fast these days. Yeah, they need to update their ways of thinking. You know, it's a solid match. I'm not going to say it's a con. They just make it make fucking sense. Uh, We've got, in our cons, Ricochet versus Sheamus. Solid match. Uh, I'm a little confused why they're teasing splitting up Ridge Holland and Sheamus. They've only been together like three months. So like Because that's what WWE does. They split up tag teams. <laughs> that's the only reason they put tag teams together. I, I honestly believe this. The only reason they put tag teams together is to split them up six months down the line. It was such good shit with Janetti and Michaels. Let's do it again. Uh. <laughs> uh, we had the burial of the Viking Raiders continued. Um, so Jimmy Uso picked up a win via DQ, or the Raiders? Excuse me, the Raiders picked up a win via DQ. Um, but like, so here's my thing: they had a decisive match a few weeks ago where they they squashed them. Now they're winning via DQ. Uh-huh. At w- at what point? Do the Raiders have credibility to be challenging for these tag titles? Like it, it's just it—it's stupid. Well, they don't. So I've always I've always been a fan of a good number one contenders match. You're not even giving them really the reason to have that. Yeah. They're just in I, a feel like, I feel like everything with the Viking Raiders is kind of like on a, just a, a steady decline. It has been. We for me. <laughs> it has been since they debuted on the main roster. <laughs> That's true. The Viking, the Viking experience. The Viking experience. Yeah, I got your experience right here, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, let's, I, it's just going to make me cry. I, I WWE doesn't know how to book tag team wrestling, yeah. period. Maybe, story. maybe they should watch AEW or listen to our podcast. <laughs> and it's sad, too, because, I, you know, and this is just a personal thing. I love tag team wrestling. It, I mean, you have, you automatically have opportunities to tell the story a different way because, like, if you, you know, you and I have worked as, as a tag team, we can talk to each other. We don't have to directly address the audience. We don't have to d- directly address our opponents. You can get into our heads through our interaction. Yep. When you have more moving parts, it just gives you more opportunity to have a more compelling, more interesting story. And it doesn't always have to be, can they fucking coexist? 
I am so fucking tired. I could, if I never had to hear those words ever again, I would be so happy. Uh, and then the final little con. Uh, so, Roman Reigns has been on the hell of a tear. Almost everything he touches has turned to gold, except this. Even he couldn't save this terrible fucking segment with Goldberg. Like, they had an awkward stare-down to end the fucking show. And it's just honestly a feud that no one wanted. Like, it's the Kevin Owens meme. No one wanted this shit. Yeah. It's... And, and there's no point to it. Why would I ever fucking give a shit about Goldberg at his advanced age coming back for one more match against Roman? Like, I understand Saudi... It's, it's, it's all Saudi money. Yeah. Well, no, That's what it all boils Everybody wants to, to see the, the, the tribal chief versus the geriatric jackhammer. <laughs> well, like honest to God, I don't know that, that Goldberg could get Roman up for a jackhammer now. He couldn't get Undertaker up. Every jackhammer that Goldberg has had since coming back and, and doing that squash with Lesnar, like they all look like shit. I'm sorry, it's not a jackhammer anymore. It's just a power slam. Get over yourself. Honestly, there's times where it just looks like a, stu- a suplex. It's not even a yeah. power slam. Like, honestly, with with Taker, it was like a fucked-up suplex brain buster. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the thing is, like, you go back to the old WCW days, and, like, you would snap that thing down. It looked impactful. It, was, it looked, you know, it, you're just <clears throat> not what you used to be. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, every time he comes back, it's just, you're, you're diminishing your legacy. At this point, you're in your 50s. You had a career playing football with wrestling, high-impact shit. You've probably got arthritis. You're still in hella good shape. You've probably got arthritis. Maybe it's time to sit at home with your cars, drink a beer, chill with your family. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd fucking do. What was with that? I just have to ask. What was with that line of, I'm next? Yeah. Like, that was the most ridiculous line. It was no. so obvious, and it was... So fucking campy. Like, fuck, get Gilbert out there. He'd probably deliver it better. <laughs> oh my god, it was horrible. <clears throat> All right, <laughs> moving on to Raw. So this Raw actually has been this last Raw was the best Raw I've seen all year. There wasn't really too much that was terrible. Um, it was just a lot of really good, solid shit and some really, really good shit. We had Lesnar and Heyman start off the show. Um, they made just a little context here. Hold on, just a little context here. This raw actually takes place after Elimination Chamber. Just in case. Spoilers. Like confusion here. <laughs> uh, Lesnar, the new WWE champion. Spoiler. Uh, and Heyman started off the show to kind of amp up this uh, this build of mania. Heyman comes out there, delivers a promo. Lesnar responds like. Heyman thinks he's getting one up on him, but Brock comes back and says, "Nah, I ain't some dumb farmer." Like. I'm going to fuck your boy up. This was a really good exchange. It actually made me want to see the match. It legitimately made me want to see it. Um, We had a solid tag match between the Alpha Academy and Street Profits. And surprisingly, they had the Profits win clean. Uh, It could have been a little tighter. Sorry, folks. My my voice. (laughs) Gotta drink that water. Water. <laughs> uh, 
Finn Balor and Thomas Ciampa beat the Dirty Dogs. So, <clears throat> very interesting pairing, former NXT rivals. Um, have you noticed a lack of fanfare for uh, for Thomas Ciampa being on the main roster, or and let alone being on two brands? I it doesn't. So yeah, it's really weird because a star of the level of Tommaso Ciampa you thought would have got like this huge illustrious like he's coming to the main roster it's finally gonna happen like the guy like Tommaso Ciampa has been the guy in NXT for the last two three years now <laughs> no honestly like yeah last last two three years uh, and, we... and even before and even before that you know uh, God, how much did you love those uh, those bits that he would do with uh, with with Rude? Oh, with uh, Gargano and Rude, Glor- Gargano, glorious yeah. bombs. Oh my yeah, God, I love those. Yeah, uh, yeah, oh, just, yeah. I mean, to me, to me, that that speaks of there. The, there's definitely a ceiling for him. That that's what. Well, I don't understand. And this is one of those. <clears throat> I don't understand the idea of. Uh, of pairing him in this tag team, to be honest. Like, is it just so you're with Finn Balor, who's another old NXT chum? Or, as far as I'm concerned, Tommaso Ciampa, here's where I would put Tommaso Ciampa. I wouldn't have had him here at all. I actually would have had him over on SmackDown, and I would have had him come right out and wave at Sami Zayn as soon as Sami Zayn beat Nakamura. Yep. That would have been the perfect spot. Uh, like, hey, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for your belt. Everybody get excited. All right. Um, we had Damian Priest versus AJ Styles. It was a short match, but solid. Um, Priest cut a ma- post-match promo asking his next challenger to be a world champion caliber opponent. Finn Balor, <sighs> came, Finn Balor came out and answered the challenge. My only knock about this is... Um, AJ Styles is a former WWE champion, multiple time WWE champion. Like, it seems like a diss on AJ. I, I, I don't know. It is a <laughs> diss on AJ. It, I mean, it, it is a solid diss on AJ. And the thing is, is it, it, to me, it's all about how you use this. Like, is this the fire that reignites AJ to go back and win the belt? Because lately, it has. AJ Styles' motivations have been really kind of just all over the place lately. Like he just seems why happy to be there, even a part of the tag team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing. He just seems ever since the the match with Taker at WrestleMania last year, he just seems happy to be in the WWE. Like, yeah, he's not really feuding to win titles outside of the tag titles. Yeah, he was in the Blood Money Chamber, but like to me, it just. Maybe there's a story that they could tell with this, but maybe he just rides these three years out. Who knows? <laughs> hey, uh, I'll, I'll ride out for three years for $9 million. It sounds like a deal. And when I'm not riding it out, I'll be sitting on my brand-new tour bus. Riding it out. <laughs> riding it out. <laughs> uh, we saw Bianca versus Dewdrop after a promo segment between Bianca and Becky. This promo segment was actually really, really good. It helped elevate Bianca as a, not just as in in ring competitor, but like her motivations. It made you want to see her beat Becky's ass. 
Okay, so our, our, our fans can't see our notes. I just got to call you out on this one. You put Beyonce versus Dewdrop here, and I've been excited as hell ever since I read these notes to talk about Beyonce when she showed up to play Dewdrop. I don't remember it, but... In my defense, I am sick currently and on cold meds. <laughs> uh, Bianca versus Dewdrop. Uh, the match was really, really good. Um, this is going to be a really sweet build. I think we're going to see the redemption of Bianca. And this will elevate her to that four horse mo- women level status that like they needed to build a new star to. <clears throat> uh, and she's the, she's definitely the woman to do it. Yeah, and uh, she can talk. She's I got really the, the presence. All her innovation. Um, I like she, that she makes she her own gear. Yeah, like she makes her own gear. That's insane. And and you know I've seen some some screenshots. Her hair doesn't look so shitty on the new WWE 2K game, so that's good. <laughs> Maybe you can actually use it to choke someone in game. Oh god, that'd be amazing. <laughs> they won't. They need be. to have a special move set just for her. <laughs> uh, then we saw in the main event Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens defeat RK Bro. So now next week it's going to be a triple threat match between Alpha Academy RK Bro and Seth Rollins and KO. <clears throat> Kind of makes me wonder if we're not getting Austin versus Owens, but if we're getting Rollins versus Rollins and KO versus um, RK Bro at Mania. Yeah, it more 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 matches than nobody asked for. Yeah, literally no one asked for this shit. Uh, cons. I, so I, I'm gonna just add in here if you were to take. Any two guys. Oh, that four, that, yeah. That pairing of RK, of RK Bro and Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens, okay? Literally take any two of those guys and give them a singles match. I'm interested. Yeah. <clears throat> it just, it doesn't work for me, bro. <laughs> that doesn't do it for me, brother. <laughs> uh, cons, we had Rhea Ripley defeat Nikki A.S.H. Uh, they had a squash match, um... It's kind of weird between two former women's champions to see a squash match. To me, this seems like they've kind of lost faith in Nikki A.S.H. as a character. <clears throat> Maybe they're finally starting to see what fans actually see. I, I only like this because I think it's important to see Rhea Ripley in this light uh, of this dominant force. I mean, did you see her is- Elimination Chamber outfit? She looked like she was part of Pinhead's army. <laughs> The problem, I can't. <laughs> the problem is, is um, the booking with Rhea Ripley has been so inconsistent. You know, she's dominant as hell. She's not. Yeah, she's I mean, dominant as hell. She's not. It, it's not. It's even... like one day she, she's the female Brock Lesnar, and the next day she's well, not literally. Her and Bianca Belair should be the the next generation's top two women of the women's division, and they're booking Bianca perfectly. They should be doing the same with, with Rhea Ripley. They need to move Rhea over to SmackDown. That's what they need to do. Um, yeah. And then she needs to beat Ronda or Charlotte for the title. That's how I book her. I'll book her to beat Charlotte first. Let them have some really brutal match, Like, some hard-hitting matches. Yeah. 
and then let Rhonda be the one to step up to her. Because now you have Rhonda, the legitimate tough girl, going up against Rhea, who has now established herself as that tough woman and taken the championship and put down Charlotte, the fucking queen. Yeah. It would be the perfect way to cement Rhea's legacy. It would. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a terrible, terrible, terrible segment between Reggie and Dana Brooke where she pinned him, and there was just... I don't really want to talk about it again. Like, It's one of those, just so bury it in not. the basement. <laughs> to bury it in the basement and forget about it. Alrighty, it's that time, buddy. The WWE Blood Money Chamber pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia. Uh-huh. So, in the battle of the most predictable, yours truly came out on top. <clears throat> you know, I, I, I don't even care. I'm going to say this going in. I, I, you know, I don't even care anymore. Because all of this was so atrocious that I would rather be wrong. Like, I, I don't want to be right about any of this. Congratulations. You're right. Brock Lesnar won. Yippee, skippity do. We have the worst... Like triple main event in WrestleMania fucking history. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a, a great, great, great. Uh, literally anybody else would have been better. So, whatever. Yeah. Fuck so, fuck as we talked about, horrible. As we talked about earlier, Brock Lesnar defeated Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, Matt Riddle, and Austin Theory. Um, Lesnar actually eliminated all five men. Uh, technically, Lashley was taken out of the match due to concussion protocol, but we know that that was a work, you know, spot for his injury. Uh, yeah, just uh, this was predictable as shit. <clears throat> uh, Roman Reigns defeated Goldberg. Um, we both- I do want to add. I want to. I do want to add the only enjoyable part of this elimination chamber match to me. Was Austin Theory going around yeah. taking selfies himself with people in pods? That was great. I did. Okay. I did enjoy that oh shit moment when he kicked Lesnar in the balls, and like yeah. Lesnar got red faced and like angry, and then like just like f five him into a fucking chamber. Like that was great. That was entertaining. Like, uh, yeah, no. Austin Theory did his job in the match. Really, his job in the match really well. I mean, no one ever expected him to actually win. But I could book it. But fuck that match. <laughs> uh, yeah, Roman Reigns defeated Goldberg. Um, we both got this I'm right. Shocked. Were you shocked? I was shocked. Oh no, that's so shocking. Please call me shocked. Uh, Ronda Rousey defeated and Naomi defeated Charlotte. Uh, we both called that. Uh, Becky Lynch defeated Lita. We both called that. Uh. <clears throat> Here's where we diverge. The Women's Elimination Chamber. You chose Alexa Bliss. I chose Bianca Belair, who ended up winning. I'm not... I'm not mad about about this one. Uh, I was, I was, I'm mad about the men's match, because I think that's horrible. I'm glad that Bianca is getting her due, okay? Yeah. That's, that's cool with me. I still maintain that based... Uh, I mean... You can't down me for going with Alexa, the returning Alexa Bliss. Honestly, after Mania, I would book Alexa to be the challenger for Bianca. And that's entirely possible, too. But I'm just saying, 
Alexa Bliss, former women's champion, has had a lot of, uh, you know, she's a well-known personality, very over, been getting a lot of TV time, even if she's not on TV. Yep. And, you know, uh, you know <clears throat> okay, I, I can be cool with being wrong on that one. Uh, the Usos, I guess, technically defeated the Viking Raiders. They, I don't even think they had the match. If I remember correctly, it was just like they got attacked before the match. Like... Again, burying the Viking experience. I mean, Raiders. Uh, Drew McIntyre defeated Madcap Moss. We both got that one right. And then Rey Mysterio defeated The Miz. Uh, Again, we diverged. You chose The Miz. I chose Mysterio. The trick with the Saudi pay-per-views, the babyfaces usually almost always end up winning in the important matches. This was important? Raise the cover for 2K22. I'm sorry. I, you can you can you can hit hard all night long. This is bad booking on top of bad booking on top of bad booking. You have made the Miz out to be a complete fucking joke to Rey Mysterio. He will never be a at this point. He can't be a foil to Rey Mysterio at any point. It's not convincing. It's not entertaining because. <laughs> You haven't let The Miz win at any point through any of this. The- so why would I even fucking care? Oh, what, are we going to get The Miz versus Dom at, at WrestleMania? Or maybe we're going to get Rey Mysterio versus Dom at, at WrestleMania. No matter what it is, you've taken any amount of me giving a fuck out of this. Congratulations, <laughs> WWE. The interesting thing that happened in this match, we saw Dominic get his hands a little dirty little cheat to win. Who cares? It's interesting. They're doing something no, with it. No, it's not. They're doing something. No, it's not. They're doing something with him, which is important at this point. <laughs> you fucking better. <laughs> Alrighty, moving on Thank to AEW. Before we get into AEW results, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, and I'm going to try and uh, take some something for this migraine that Elimination Chamber has given me. We'll be right back. This is Hank Hill telling the listeners of the Standards of Greatness podcast to come down to Strickland Propane for propane and propane accessories. And if you don't, I'm going to go get Dale, Bill, and Boomhauer and whoop your ass. Okay, they, I still have a migraine. <laughs> that didn't help. Go ahead. Go to the AEW results. <laughs> Alrighty, um, AEW Dynamite was stellar. Um, CM Punk cuts a snarky promo, choosing a dog collar match at Revolution between him and MJF. Um, he actually managed to make MJF speechless, which is a first. Um, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a retort on tonight's Dynamite that everyone should watch that no one saw coming. Uh, we saw Brian Danielson versus Lee Moriarty. Fantastic match. Uh, Danielson and Mox have a post-match segment. Uh, it looks like we're heading for a match between the two at, um, at Revolution. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm okay with it. 
long as it's no. I, I mean, I like I like that they're both going to do it with their, you know, being able to have the amped up personalities. Just this is kind of uh, well, we've seen it before. Well, so, I mean, I mean, we haven't seen it quite like this on this setting, but. <clears throat> I guess I would have liked to see a little something else. I, I, I really like that idea we were talking about of having them actually come together. Well, that's what I think. This is leading towards that. I think this is they're they're gonna get they're gonna bleed together as they call it, and then they're gonna become the, a brotherhood of some kind. Um, we saw Wardlow crush. I'm down with that. I'm down with that. Let's let that happen. Okay. We saw Wardlow crush Max Caster uh, in a face of the revolution qualifier match. Um, the Acclaimed has been killing it. Uh, Caster and Bowens used pretty dirty tactics. They even had steel chain in the match. Um, Wardlow just basically no-sold it. Um, powerbomb the shit out of Caster, won the match. Post-match powerbomb uh, Bowens. <clears throat> Interesting thing, Sean Spears finally picked up that chair and hit uh, Bowens after the match. So <clears throat> I'm pretty sure Spears is going to get his ass beat once Wardlow turns. Right before MJF gets his ass beat by Wardlow, <laughs> they're they're really building Wardlow up now. Yeah, the, the, heavy as as the baby face. This the, was really clear. The crowd was so chanting for Wardlow him and cheering for him. Like, yeah, and he's still technically a heel. You know yeah. what? You know well, what it reminded that's me? That's the thing. Because he's still technically a heel, but they're booking him as a face. Because the the fans are so heavily behind him, this turn is coming, and it's coming very soon. Yes, um, wouldn't surprise me if it's at Revolution or right after. Um, you know what it reminds me of is Batista and Triple H after Batista won the Rumble. You know, I was actually just watching um, uh, like a, a <clears throat> com- compilation segment, their whole build um, from you know. The time when Batista was in evolution, you know, starting to get happy in evolution, all the way through Batista's win um, at WrestleMania, and you're a hundred percent right, and they're doing it perfect. Like Wardlow has pretty much gone from an unknown to a superstar to this this transition, and I love it. Yeah, um, we saw a, a great promo segment between Hangman Adam Page and Adam Cole. Uh, Redragon attacked, um, but is chased off by the Dark Order. Uh, my only complaint with this whole segment is that <clears throat> Adam Cole still continues to insist that he didn't lose to Orange Cassidy in the unsanctioned match. Everybody in the fucking world saw this match. You're treating your audience like they're stupid. Do fucking better. Unless they're just trying to get under your skin. Uh, Inner Circle had their tag match, and thank God they did. Uh, Santana and Ortiz pick up the win versus Jericho and Hager. Eddie Kingston returns. Um, Kingston returning is just going to light this thing even more on fire. Uh, I'm happy that the Inner Circle is ending. I'm over it at this point. It it served its, you know, purpose, um... Wouldn't surprise me if we get a loser leaves town match between Kingston and Jericho down the line. Uh, it's rumored that Jericho's contract might be ending soon. So, yeah, I've, uh, I've, I've seen those rumors too. I don't want to <clears throat> speculate on that just at this point, though. 
Fair enough. Uh, Thunder Rosa defeated Mercedes Martinez in an ODQ match. So uh, John Kreese, a.k.a. the Cobra Kai uh, dojo guy, was ringside uh, randomly. Um, I don't know why he was there. Um, basically just like trying to look tough, 80s style, you know, yeah. Hey, you gotta get in that, that Netflix collab money, you know? I guess. That, that's, that's important. You know, <laughs> you know, really, they should be suing somebody, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I could go on all night about Cobra Kai gimmicks, because, as you know, coming up on March 12th, down in Detroit, I will, uh, my, me and my team will personally be taking out the Cobra Kai Jojo. <laughs> uh, you can find out more about that on our Facebook page. Alrighty. Uh, we saw Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara have a fantastic title match. Um, Sammy, or Andrade got involved, um, took the titles, basically him and Matt Hardy got involved. They're finally doing something with Andrade. I'm, I'm kind of hoping he takes the belts off of Sammy Guevara and it becomes one belt. I don't, I don't like seeing two belts on one person if they're supposed to be the same thing. It just looks sloppy. Uh-huh. Uh, um, <clears throat> my only con with this whole show is that um, there were some timing issues within the match, uh, some some selling issues, but I think they, the talents need to slow down. I think selling issues are a common problem with AEW, to yeah. be honest. Like, I'm fine with the occasional no-sell. I'm fine with, like, super kick party stuff. It does eventually get old, though. Like, you have to, like... I understand that's what the Young Bucks made famous. It's what, like, the, the you know, being the elite type stuff that made famous. There's a time and a place. Not everybody needs to get a spot in all the time. You don't... If, if you get hit with a super kick, you shouldn't just pop right back up. No, you should be, you should be you should. down. Like, it, it, moves need to mean something. Or when other people do them, they won't. Simple exactly. as that. And that, that kind of speaks to what Billy Gunn was talking about a week ago on uh, Busted Open that we talked about. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. AEW Rampage this week. Um, Adam Cole had a match with 10 from the Dark Order. Uh, <clears throat> dirty finish with a, a backwards low blow. Good solid match. It got 10 on, on TV. Uh, funny enough, he's actually from Michigan. Uh, went to Central Michigan University, so that's really interesting. Um, Powerhouse Hobbs defeated Dante Martin to qualify for the Face of the Revolution ladder match. Um, he joins Keith Lee and Wardlow. So many big sweaty men. Big sweaty men. Big. No, that's gonna be that. No, that's actually gonna be a really fun one to watch because, like, you think about the names that are getting in there. And yeah, they're big dudes, but they're big dudes who can move. They're yep. big dudes who can go. Like it's not like Yokozuna and, and you know lumbering around or, or Viscera lumbering or like these are guys that can move. <coughs> yeah, no, definitely. Uh, it you know it's a little too early to predict, but I think Wardlow might be might be the one getting the nod there. Uh, yeah, it's, keep Lee though. It's hard. It's a hard choice. I, I'm torn. Uh, yeah. My only con, or uh, my only con for this whole thing was the Serena D. Professor of Professional Wrestling segment. 
I like the nickname. I don't really want to see her keep doing this. Um, <clears throat> the way AEW's booking, it looks like Thunder Rosa is going to take the title off of Britt Baker. I think they're positioning uh, Serena to be the challenger, being a former NWA Women's Champion. Um, you know, I just... It's boring to me. I'll be honest. It's just boring. Uh, yeah. And then the main it's event... The main event we saw Jay White beat Trent in a solid match. Um, the leader's looking strong, but like <clears throat> with all this Bullet Club elite stuff and you know redragon, what's Kenny gonna think by the time he comes back? Emphasis right now is being put on what Kenny would think because honestly, we don't know when we're gonna see him again. Like, I think that'll all be reworked into the story once. Once he's ready to make his return, and then I think the emphasis is going to go back to Omega because, I mean, he's fucking amazing. Yeah, I definitely. That's kind of a similar thought process that I, I'm having. Is like, yeah, I'm excited to see what what he thinks, but at the same time, it's like, well, we won't know for months. Uh, I guess let's just jump right into eFed news. It is time well, for. This is it, bro. It's our last match of round one. Yes, yes, indeed. The E-Fed Elite Invitational is wrapping up round one. Uh, Shady Sean McKenzie um, won via forfeit, uh, so we, we won't be having a match for him. Uh, but he goes on to face Big Homie in round two, so that'll be interesting. Uh, Ryan Days versus John Riggins. We're going to head right down to the center. All right, both men have entered the ring. And after a good, solid back and forth, both men connecting with several punishing slams, including Riggins spearing Days through the barricade. Uh, Riggins tosses him back into the, the ring, looking for that rope hung flatliner, but Days reverses it and reverses the top rope buster into a DDT. Days lets the staggered Riggins slowly get back up and connects with his NRS and picks up the win. One, two, three. Oh, congratulations to Ryan Days on moving on to the second round of the EFED Elite Tournament. Yes, um, the final score was 244 to 240. Uh, oh, it's two, close. It was a close one. Um, moving on to PWR, uh, first class took out the sexy sensations, uh, including having me and Amelia Aris both pin Funke. Uh, in the match. Uh, I even took Amelia after this. Uh, I was a sole survivor for my team for pretty much three-fourths of the match. Uh, I ended up taking an L to a big homie in the final two, so he's the world champ for a reason. <clears throat> uh, this week, Screws and myself face F-Bomb, and this is going to be a fun one. Uh, both the Bronx Bomber and a motherfucker known to bring it, so it'll be interesting to see what how they take things. Uh, we've got Los Verdugos versus Black Legion Militia. Our boy Chris Chaos uh, taking on Hot Rod Allen and El Wapo in triple threat action. Dark and Graves versus Sabrina Slays. Broken Zack making his return to face Joe Mega. And we've got Crimson Wolf versus Wildcard. Uh, Real Action Wrestling 
Uh, currently, it is on hiatus until 2K22 comes out. They did announce that a new NXT-type show will be run soon. Uh, they'll make more of announcements on that uh, as soon as they can. Then we have the return of NEW uh, with New Revolution Homecoming. It features a main event of Rob Roman versus Killswitch Chaos. Uh, interesting given that their history. We, we have New Revolution Homecoming featuring a main event between Rob Roman and Killswitch Chaos. Uh, given their history, including their time in HKW, which... Both men have referenced already. Uh, be interesting to see what happens. Um, they had a hell of a street fight that took them from one arena to another in Chicago. Um, uh, the longest match in HKW history, actually, took yeah. place between Rob Roman and uh, Chaos. Yeah, all the way across the city of Chicago uh, into the middle of another match, as a matter yeah. of fact. Yep. And is it was chaotic. <laughs> uh, we've got DJB <laughs> versus the world heavyweight champion Corey Heck. Uh, despite Corey's uh, emo phase that he's currently going through, where he feels burdened by the world title, um, it'll be interesting to see DJB and him tear it up. Um, I will be facing uh, Dylan Mason in one-on-one competition. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I know. Uh, there's a lot of faces to the D- Dylan Mason character, so it'll be interesting to see what he brings to the table. Uh, I know I'm prepared. Uh, we see the Iron Bison versus Dro, Jack Harvey versus Sander Cool, Matthew Frost versus Michael Windsor Jr. This one's caught my eye because uh, Matthew Frost has a lot of potential, um, but he's got his hands full with Windsor, that's for sure. Uh, we've got a Fatal 4-Way ladder match featuring uh, Triple C, uh, Hollywood Watkins, Cameron Logan, Lionhunter, and Jacob Klein. Uh, and then the final match, we've got Big Bad Judy versus uh, Raven Lenore Lynn for the new women's championship. Pretty stacked that's card. You know. Yeah, that's a stacked card. WWE could take uh, some lessons right there <laughs> from, <laughs> from, from new on how to book a, uh, a top-tier pay-per-view. So good job. Alrighty, so this week for our topics, we kind of wanted to keep it uh, simple, so I figure our top three matches of all time and why we like them. Uh, Brian, would you like to take the first one? Okay. Uh, Well, for me, I guess uh, I'm going to start off tonight with a classic going way back to um, to the 80s, WrestleMania 3, Randy Savage. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yeah, okay, maybe it's cliche. Maybe, but but I don't care. Because there is a reason that this match is looked upon with such fond memories by wrestling fans the world over. This was a chance to see technical wrestling, to see high-flying moves, to see high action. Back in the 80s when that wasn't the style, that wasn't what was popular. So to see that at that time was so such a dramatic juxtapose to what was going on that it became what you would see and, and then I really believe that, that match um, was influential on you know what we would get out of the Attitude Era and even now with, with things like AEW I don't think we would have an AEW without that match and that might be a bold statement to make but 
it's one I'm making. So I, I, I definitely can see a world where that's a possibility. You know, the Rockers definitely had an influence. There was a lot of tag team wrestling that had an influence back then too. Uh, excellent choice. Um, my one of my top three favorite matches is Flair versus Steamboat uh, three. Uh, they had a, three classic matches. Uh, if I remember the date, it was '89. Uh, this is one that I was one years old when it happened, but I became a fan at a young age of watching it with my dad at you know replays. It just they tell such a beautiful story every time Steamboat and Flair get in a ring that it's just utterly amazing that you could truly feel. That they're telling this story with their bodies. That they're engaging the audience. That everyone's getting behind Steamboat. And then when the winner happens, you're just like, wow. Holy shit. It's, just, it's a really good match. It, it helped kind of establish the NWA, WCW style being different from the, you know, the New York style, as they call it. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that, that's an excellent match. And Steamboat, I mean... That- I'd be excited to see the about too. Such a such a technical talent, and then you got Ric Flair there too. Yeah, really bringing out the best in each other. Yeah, definitely. One hundred percent agree with you. Um, my number two, I'm changing eras dramatically. Um, more much more recent would be WrestleMania twenty five. Shawn Michaels versus the Undertaker. Uh, it was heaven versus hell, uh, right down to the entrances where, where Sean was wearing the the kind of like white Undertaker gear almost, you know, descending from on high. Where the Undertaker rose up from the bottom of the stage. There were so many moments in that match where I found myself gasping, like holy shit, he actually kicked out. Yeah, the 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 kick out from the Sweet Chin music was. Definitely something I, I gasped at. Uh, Taker going over the top rope was also something that made me gasp too. Oh yeah, that was that was a thing. that was a a really bad looking spot right there. Oh yeah, because Ta- Taker's like six ten, like he ain't no small dude. If he's flying, he's flying. Uh huh. Um, I I think the the image that will always be burned in my brain from that match is, you know, he had hit the. Taker hit the tombstone pile driver on Michaels, and Michaels kicks out at two. And Taker is just like laying there with his his face on Sean's chest, and a look of like, "What do I have to fucking do?" Yeah. And you've never really seen that out of the Undertaker before. Yeah, definitely, it really helped. Just tell the story with their bodies and their facial expressions. Like, honestly, and my advice to any wrestler, or E-Fetter even, go and watch how they sell both verbally and physically and with their body language in the build and in that match. It is one of the best matches I've ever seen. Um, it's not in my personal top three. It's in my top five. Um, <clears throat> you know, a lot of people like the second one from Taker and Sean. Uh, two. Uh, I think that one was uh, worse uh, than twenty five, but I, I thought there was okay. So twenty six. The the reason I didn't like twenty six as much was because I felt like the ending was much more telegraphed. Yes, the whole end. Um, yeah, 
with with Sean's career on the line and everything. But well, the it was rushed. Towards, but... I liked. I, I I think I might like the build up towards twenty six more. Honestly, it it was a little rushed, in my opinion. I liked Sean appearing in the uh, in the elimination chamber, costing Taker the title, letting Jer- Jericho pick it. his rival. Jericho was Sean's rival at the time, like win the title, like so Sean could get his redemption match with Taker. I thought that was an interesting way to go about it. <clears throat> um, See, I really liked I really liked the stuff with Slammy Awards. Yeah, that was good for Sean, where he just you know it really you could tell it just graded at him, man. It was just good stuff, good yeah. stuff from both of them, both um, matches. Yeah. Uh, my second favorite of all time is Bret Hart versus Owen Hart, WrestleMania 10. Uh, so great. Not only was there a match at uh, SummerSlam or Royal Rumble, I don't remember which, before that. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was SummerSlam. Pretty uh, sure it was SummerSlam. That was the cage match where it was like the family dynamic where you're just like, uh-huh. to me, I grew up in a, in a large family and it was a very, a, we, a family that fought a lot and like, there was a lot of emotional drama and stuff. Like, I related to that. I was just like, oh, no. There's other chaotic families out there, too. And I, just watching it unfold then, and then how it led to WrestleMania 10, it was beautiful. Like, no other way to put it. Just <clears throat> fucking beautiful. So, I've gone really back and forth on my number three, <clears throat> bro. Because there's a part of me that, again, wants to go really cliche and tell you, Undertaker versus Mankind in Hell in a Cell because I can't think of another match that honestly I have shown to so many people going you want to you want to like professional wrestling check out this one match um that being said I'm going to cheat a little bit on my final you're going to get you might hate me for this but I'm going to cheat Royal Rumble and your your own Ric Flair going from number three all the way to the finish and winning the whole damn thing, every bit of it from from the stories that were multiple stories that were being told in the ring between multiple performers to the com, the, the commentary. He did on commentary. Absolute best commentary ever. That ma- that whole match right there, Heenan being on commentary, that's why he's the fucking GOAT. Like, Oh, absolutely. 100%. And, and so maybe maybe picking a Royal Rumble as one of my favorite matches of all time is cheating a little bit. No, it's a match. That's not cheating. But I, I, I can't even tell you how many times I've gone... And that's an hour and... I want to say about... Hour twelve minutes. Yeah, hour ten, hour fifteen, match. somewhere in there. Yeah, I'd have um, to go check. And, and I have sat down and I have watched that match from start to finish more times than any other wrestling match. Honestly, <clears throat> save said maybe the other two that I said. Not, I- um. But um, the time I'm willing to invest in that match every time, I might even go watch it after we finish tonight. That's just <laughs> fucking good stuff, man. It is a really good match. I can't fault you for that. Uh, <clears throat> All right. Number three. You're number three, man. My number you better three. Come with something. You better come pack it now. I just the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Honestly, 
probably one of my favorite matches, and the reason I consider it to be in my top three, is Nick Bockwinkle versus Hulk Hogan in the AWA, where everybody thinks Hogan's won. He's pinned Nick Bockwinkle finally. And then he didn't. I can't believe you have a Hogan match. <laughs> it ain't cause of Hogan. I'm just shocked. I'm just I knew I knew I'd shock you. No, Bachwinkle, like the the build with Heenan and Bachwinkle versus Hulk Hogan. Uh-huh. They chased Hulk Hogan out of the AWA. He returns. He comes and wins the title. Wait, no, he doesn't. Like it's just such an ebb and flow story, and it's just classic and like Bachwinkle's where I got a lot of the wrestling god inspiration. Uh, when I was first like thinking of the idea and like the very first matter of fact the very first promo I cut in that character was you know I talked about the people with the low mental faculties and stuff like that and like the mannerisms just like it he's just so good at what he does and like nobody would think that a late 70s early 80s match would be like on my top but it is Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I I figured I, I could pop you if there was a Hogan match in there there, there, there's a topic. Now, I would like to give uh, an honorable mention here, and this is more not to the match itself, but to the build for it. Um, Paige and Macho Man uh, going into Halloween Havoc. That was a really good one. That that actually that made me want to watch that pay per view more than mm-hmm. Giant versus Hogan. Oh, definitely, a hundred percent. To me, that was the match. You know, there's there's some other ones that are, are similar in that vein, like uh, the first time Undertaker was going to face Kane at WrestleMania. Uh, that was a great build that from the debut of Kane all the way through. Um, but yeah, I think those those I, I've got some. I'm still going with the Royal Rumble, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, for my honorable mention, hmm, there's so much I could choose. Um, honestly, I'd probably have to say Rock versus Austin at seventeen. Such a good match. The build. I mean, if just, it wasn't, if it wasn't for the awkward heel turn at the end, that was nineteen, wasn't it? No, no, no. That was seventeen. That was seventeen. Maybe I flipped. I know it. because I watched it so many goddamn times. Now they also fought at fifteen. That's the one I'm thinking of. Fifteen. Fifteen. That was the first. That was the first time that they fought against each other, and that was. Honestly, I, I you know I'm gonna agree with you. That was an overall better match. Yeah, Austin versus Rocket 15. Um, the bill for 17. 17. That was the where that was where Austin turned heel at the very end. I think the real thing about 17 is because WrestleMania 17 is probably the best <laughs> WrestleMania overall, start to finish of all time. The TLC match alone. Oh my god! I mean, you had so many different things in the WrestleMania 17. Pay per view. Um, they had the gimmick battle royal, which you talk about your, uh, you know, your, your <laughs> just you know, fun, you know, kind of matches to have at the show. That was fun. The Iron Sheik, so... Sheiky baby, Sheiky baby. Um, Fulfill the prophecy, damn it. So I don't know if you've watched that recently. Heenan does say, by the time she gets to the ring. It'll be WrestleMania 38, which is this year. If Iron Sheik is not at the WrestleMania this year, I'm going to lose my fucking shit and fly to Stanford. Iron Sheik, world champion, best ever. I break the jabroni Hulk Hogan's back. 
the uh, the indie event that I worked at, one of the last ones I did, uh, Sheik was actually there, and, and uh, he was on commentary with me for one of the matches, and ooh. Uh, I just want to hold on. I, got, I just got to cut you off a little bit. The Iron Sheik. Iron Sheik. There is, there is there is a Sheik. sheik. Yeah. And uh, then there's the Iron. You yeah. want to make sure. That Iron Sheik. Excuse me. Though. Sorry. With uh, with my throat and the uh, the breathing situation, I'm just shortening words right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's just he's a hilarious guy, and I I was just wowed to be able to work with him. It, you know, it's it's really cool just the the aura he has um, that he presents when he's in the room. I've met him as well. Uh, Honestly, a lot of the '80s superstars and wrestlers always presented themselves as much larger than life, and I think that spoke to the WWF style back then. Every single one of them was larger than life. Well, and not not just them, but still now. I mean, uh, we've we've had the pleasure of meeting a couple. Of, of big names even together, and I mean, how Hacksaw Jim Duggan was larger than life. Yeah, Iron Sheik's larger than life. Uh, I've met uh, I've met a couple. They're all you're you're hundred percent right. It's just big boss man. Yeah. Maybe next week we'll talk about our our favorite worst matches of all time because Big Boss Man's involved (laughs) in one of mine. And I think you know which one We're I'm talking talk about. Favorite bad matches. We're going to be here for a minute, man. Um, <laughs> but I would also be interested to hear from some of our listeners. What yes. are some of your favorite matches? Go ahead, throw them <clears throat> out there. We can uh, we can talk about those a little bit next week too, because yeah. there's so many out there that have influenced people for different reasons. I mean, like, did you know? Fun fact, you dude. Uh, very first wrestling show that I ever went to, and I know you were in the audience for this too, <laughs> uh, at, at Wayne Stadium in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yep. Uh, just ironically, we were both at the same shows. Didn't know each other back then either. Um, we got we got Billy Kidman versus Rey Mysterio at that show. Yep. You remember that? Yep. That was the event where I met Ric Flair for the first time, and he signed my belt and all that stuff. I was I was like. I want to say eight, ten, somewhere in there. That was, and, and you look back at, at those, at like that show as, an, as just an example, and you go, "Wow, I got to see that." Um, I had, I, <laughs> I was watching a, a, a video on what culture just earlier today, just like uh, you know, dream matches that happen and, and stuff, and I, I, I was actually in the audience. Uh, it was in Grand Rapids, Michigan for um, a main event between The Rock and Eddie Guerrero. Wow. That, I know, right? And, and like, two years later, it would that, that's a WrestleMania main event. Yeah, like, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's just amazing to think about, like, all these dream matches that happened in other places or happened sooner than we, we realized. You know, like, the uh, NWA... Me and Mark Calloway, uh, we were talking about this earlier, and yeah, yeah. you talked about like his final match, and I, you made me realize that it, the Undertaker has faced Sting in the NWA. That's right. His very last, the me Matt Mark Calloway's very last match, 
in the NWA was against Sting, and he would literally go right from that to WWE and debut as the Undertaker. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just crazy. One match away, and then I mean, granted, that was you know when Sting was all you know face painted neon. Surfer Sting. Surfer Sting. Surfer Sting. Which I still have those action figures. It's such good. No, it really wasn't. Like I've no, seen the match. It, it was, really it was a terrible match. match. But. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we would really like to hear from all of you on uh, Facebook page. I'm going to be getting up a video on TikTok probably tomorrow uh, as well about this subject. Uh, hopefully, uh, we can see a lot more of you sharing with us your stories and your connections with wrestling, and like we want to learn about you guys and learn about your experiences with this beautiful art form. Um, as far as our question of the week this last week, uh, who is your worst wrestler's Mount Rushmore of wrestling? Okay, what, what have they said? I gotta hear it. So, it's gonna be bad. Shockmaster was universally on every single one of them that I saw. Um, I don't even remember if Shockmaster even had a match. I don't believe it. I'm gonna cut off our viewers. He had the best, most iconic debut of any wrestler in history. Uh, the oh, go- sorry, I the, there was the gobbledygooker. There was Repo Man. Uh, Doink was on a couple of them, interestingly. Um, there was Tugboat and Earthquake. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Earthquake and Typhoon. The like, shocking the one. Together? Yeah. <clears throat> the shocking one. Um, someone put Yokozuna and Roman Reigns on theirs. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was just like, okay, I don't know if this guy's a hater, but... I mean, I don't... I wouldn't put Roman Reigns on the best, but I certainly wouldn't put him on the worst, nor Yokozuna. Yeah. I think it's just... Okay, maybe maybe Yokozuna, like, at the very end. (laughs) Fair, fair. Uh, You know, some people had Hulk Hogan, um, which is funny... Um, there's just so many, like, terrible wrestlers that it's hard to choose from for a lot of people. Honestly, that one's harder than the the best. You know what you like. What you hate, you gotta think about. Oh, uh, so, so nobody mentioned poor Lash LaRue, huh? No, no, uh, no Lash LaRue, but I did see a raven. Well, but they, they didn't call him the something. raven. They called him uh, the surfer gimmick. What, Scotty Flamingo? Yes. Did we get Scotty Flamingo? Oh, yes! We got Scotty Flamingo. And then, I think this person might have been trying to troll you. Uh, they had Bobby Fish on there. Whoa, hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. That's it right now. It is an official Bobby Fish time. Get the Bobby Fish comments out here. It's Bobby Fish time, baby. It's Bobby Fish so cool. <laughs> Audience at home, that was my my worst one. I feel a lot better talking about Bobby Fish and that crappy elimination chamber results. (laughs) Ah. Alrighty, well, 
our question of the week this week. What topics and things would you like to see us cover on the podcast? We want to hear from you, the audience, whether it's wrestling, uh, everyday life stuff, video games. Tell us what you want to see. Tell us what you want our thoughts and opinions on. We want to hear from you. That's right, guys, because ultimately this isn't just our podcast. This is your guys' podcast. We're here for you each and every week. We want to hear your thoughts. Get back to us, and we'll get back to you. This is, this is a community, and we want to build it all together. Exactly. Alrighty, well, that's going to do it for us this week. I'm going to go uh, try and drink some whiskey and some lemons. <laughs> I think I'm going to go watch the Royal Rumble. Man. That sounds like a good plan. Alrighty, well, that will do it for us this week. Um, make sure to go to EnforceChew.com. Enter the code Standards of Greatness to get your 20% off your Enforce Chew order today. Make sure to also hook up with us on Instagram, on Twitter, on all the social media platforms. Get with us on Facebook. Let us know anything that you want to see, anything you want us to talk about here on the podcast. We absolutely love to hear from you. And until next week, I've been the Alpha Angel. I hope you guys have a great night. And I've been the Wrestling God, signing out.